Hello and welcome to the All Perks NFL Podcast with AP and Trey. I am AP. He is Willie Trey Wheeler. We took a week off. It was our bye week, but we back at it. Willie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm refreshed. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing good. I want to go ahead and say this. We are recording on Tuesday. The trade deadline just passed. And so that is what we're going to get into first because it's fresh and on our minds. I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Here was the funniest thing to me today about the trade deadline. With So I was on my phone and I looked at my notifications. And one of our listeners, D. Greg, Shout out, D. She posted on Facebook. And, you know, in the notification, it don't show what it is. It just will show, like, the first part of the statement. Well, the statement was, oh. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder what happened. Because D usually posts about NFL stuff. I scrolled a little bit up, and I saw Chase Young traded to the 49ers. And my response was, Oh, <laughs> so we have the exact same response. I Chase Young and Montez Sweat got traded today. I feel like those were the biggest trades of the day, which, I mean, nobody else really got traded. No, Rasul Douglas got traded to Buffalo. So they kind of short that part of their defense up for in Buffalo. But I was honestly – I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Were you a little disappointed in this year's trade deadline after what we had last year? A little bit, but at the same time, like I've been, like we've been talking about offline, if there's a little smoke, there's fire. You really didn't have a lot of smoke this year. You just didn't. So I, I came in today not expecting a whole lot. The only big name I did expect to move that didn't was King Henry. I thought some teams would put together a package for him, but that clearly did not happen. Um, Chase Young and Montez, what you did hear about, especially with Mr. Young being the last year of his deal. So you kind of heard some rumblings. But no, it, it was disappointing. If you want to do a side-by-side comparison of the fireworks, yes. But I didn't – I just didn't feel it this year for some reason. I mean, if we're being honest, the NFL does not have a good trade deadline anyway. Like – most times players aren't moved in the NFL through trades. Like they, they will trade people, but there's not a lot that actually happens on the trade deadline. And most NFL teams are a whole lot, in my opinion, and I could be wrong. They're more stingy. Like I'm on Adam Schefter's Twitter right now, looking at all the trades that were made. And the second reply is, the NBA had a bigger deal on the NFL trade deadline. And I'm like, yep, it's pretty true. <laughs> that is accurate. I mean, <laughs> this that trade in particular for James Harden, it's I'll be I'll be honest, kind of inconsequential. We're not gonna talk about James Harden. This is the NFL podcast. So we're not gonna get into like your personal feelings about James Harden. I or me feeling me agreeing that and it, it is what it is. It just, it just is what it is. Um, this was just – it wasn't a great trade deadline. Um, I My question for you is, which do you think is the bigger deal? Kevin Byard to the Eagles or Chase Young to the 49ers? Kevin Byard because the 
49ers, to me, didn't fix a problem. Was the pass rush the same as last year? No, it's not. So I understand what you're doing. But you already had quality depth there. What are you going to do about do about this nickel corner that Dak scored a touchdown on? Kirk Cousins ripped your secondary apart. And then Joe Burrow went, I think, 28 of 32 against your secondary. So I understand your logic. Okay, well, we're going to get to the passer better. Okay. Play calls or just call quicker routes. Your weakness is your corners. It's been that for a while. Nobody can exploit it because the front four was raising all kinds of cane. So to me, they didn't fix their problem. The Eagles, however, did have a problem at safety. Outside of Darius Slade, they were a bit suspect on, on the back end. You get somebody, a veteran like Kevin Byard, they can cover that deep third, they can play center field, that knows different coverages, knows how to play it pretty much any coverage that you need, known the man. Very unlikely that he'll be caught lackadaisical or just playing out, playing out, just get caught slipping. And it's a part of a passing league anyway. Let's be real. You're not going to really run much on the Eagles. Sam Howell gave them the business yesterday. Well, not yesterday, Sunday. Gave them that work. Both games they didn't play against the Eagles. So in that situation, you needed a second a leader in the back on that backside to help stabilize the defense. Because if Sam Howell's cooking you, granted, no offense to Sam Howell, if he's cooking you, what do you think is going to happen later on? Now, granted, fortunately for the Eagles, they don't have a they don't have the let's say the murderer's row of quarterbacks to go through. I mean, let's be real. Unfortunately, due to Kirk Cousins getting injured, Dak Prescott is now unequivocally the second best quarterback in their conference. You could throw it there, Jared Goff, if you want to. Okay, fine. I'm not really hearing that, but okay. But you have problems on the back end, and they address the need. I really didn't see the 49ers addressing their need when their weakness has been corners for the past couple of years. Okay, so we're going to detour for a sec. Once I say this point, because I do think it's it's worth mentioning. So the Eagles next week have the Cowboys. At, so week nine, Eagles had a Cowboys. Then they have a bye. Then they're at Kansas City. Then they get Buffalo at home. So although they don't necessarily have the full murderer's row, this next three weeks is going to be rough. These next three games are going to be rough. Very factual. So but when it gets to the playoffs, who they going to have to play? That's fair. Actually, the next five games for the Eagles are rough, and then they get to, like, walk through the end of the season. Like, honestly, Willie, they could lose the next five games and still in the season 12 and 5. So, I mean, lose the next four games because I already got one loss. Yeah. next. So, they would, they would end up 11 and 6, my bad, because they got home against the Cowboys at the Chiefs, home against the Bills, home against the 49ers at the Cowboys. And then they get at Seattle, Giants, Cardinals. No, home against the Giants, home against the Cardinals at the Giants. Those are their last four games. Mm, mm. Yeah, they could they could literally take a month off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But the detour that I wanted to take was based on what you said about the commanders and the fact that the commanders gave them the business. And more than any other team this year, outside of the Jets and 
That's because the Jets' defense is just that good. The Commanders are the only team that have legitimately stuck with the uh, Eagles. They had the Eagles down in both games by double digits, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I will I will say this. The Commanders obviously have a good game plan in place for the Eagles back back uh back four and they exploited it. Can other teams do it? Possibly you you have teams and when I say teams, I really just mean like one. Um they have the personnel I think that can make it happen. Most would like you could say Detroit does, but it's it's Amon Ra and then a bunch of other guys. Now, granted, they just did made it. I think they traded for Donovan Peoples Jones, which does address the need, which is a good thing. Um, the 49ers, I'll be honest, I don't trust because that means Brock Purdy has to throw the ball. So that leaves us not being biased, but to my Cowboys, it does. We have the personnel. Now, got to make sure my quarterback's head is, you know, in the right place, but we have CD. We do have Michael Gallo. We do have Brandon Cooks. We do have Tony Pollard that can be used as a receiving threat. We do have the personnel, um, which is why I really like the Kevin Byard trade that they fleeced the Titans for. Yes, they did. My point was, and I think I said this on the last podcast, divisional games matter in ways that people don't really consider, as well as the fact that they played the Commanders twice in the month of October. And going over to the Chiefs right now, the Chiefs lost to the Broncos. And everybody's like, ah, let's talk about the Chiefs and how they should have gotten a wide receiver and at the trade deadline and all this kind of other stuff. And I'm like, they, they played the Broncos two weeks ago. They legitimately just played the Broncos two weeks ago. It was a Thursday night, so it was technically nine days instead of, of – uh, no, it was 17 days instead of 14, but they literally just played them two weeks ago. Why are we surprised that they were able to pull out a win? Like, and they played them tough. In that last game, Vic Fangio understands what he's doing. He's, he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. This ain't his first time seeing Patrick Mahomes. He was a head coach against Patrick Mahomes. For a couple of them, some of them losses that they already had, I need people to start. I need people to understand it is okay for teams to lose, especially in division, and when teams have played them recently. I'm gonna take it back, Willie, to one that we have talked about ad nauseum between the two of us. Everybody got on Lamar Jackson in his first playoff game against the Chargers, and nobody talked about the fact that they had played the Chargers two weeks earlier and straight clowned them. And so the Chargers didn't even have to dust off and, like, go find the game plan. They literally had the film still fresh on the servers. What do you think about the idea that it's it's hard to continue to play against teams that know you? and have seen you recently. I'm like this. I can take it back even further than that. There was a time period where Tony Romo went 13-3. and three. That same season, the Giants won the Super Bowl. Dallas had the number one seed. I wonder who Dallas's first game was. Hmm. Just a team they had already swept. Hmm. New England. 
we, we, we'll keep going forward in history. New England, 2007. Hmm. Went 16-0. Hmm. Finished 18-1. Hmm. They played the Giants in the Super Bowl. AP, you know they played week 17 and won 38 to 35? The Giants. Oh, the Giants. Mm. Mm. Uh, hey, we even bring it up to recent recent times. Hey, you remember when um Chua got knocked out the first time against the mm-hmm. Bills? Then they played the Bills again. That's either because you know divisional opponents play each other twice. Mm-hmm. Didn't like last year Buffalo almost lost to Skyler Thompson? Yep. Uh-oh. Who's Scott Thompson play for? The Dolphins. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm just making sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. The National Football League by itself is hard. It's a difficult league to win in and be consistent in. You had a situation, like you said, you just played them two weeks ago. If I remember straight, they held you under 20. Granted, do I believe Kansas City should have traded for a wide receiver? Yes. Do I believe they should have traded for a tight end? Possibly. People are like, what, tight end? Yes. Yes. Because you look at Travis Kelsey's numbers when he's at home, when somebody's watching a particular young lady. And when he's on the road, they're drastically different. Travis Kelsey is not thirty; he's not twenty-four anymore. He's thirty-four. Father Time is undefeated. They should have made a move. I don't know if they would have been able to get him, but considering on a there was a play where tight end number two threw the ball to tight end number three while Kyle Pitts was blocking. This happened Sunday, by the way. Yeah, I'm just saying you might have been able to trade for him. That's the thing because you, you they need to they should have did something. No, no, I don't not, see. Huh? I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done anything. What's hilarious to me is I think it is one of the dumbest things that the Falcons could have ever done running that play. I get why you run that play because it takes. You don't think that with Kyle Pitts blocking, they're going to throw it to another tight end. But it's still, you shouldn't use Kyle Pitts that way. I was specifically saying they weren't going to get Kyle Pitts. Oh, no, no. It was, they're, they're, oh, the Falcons won't make it impossible to get him. But I do believe the Chiefs should have made a move of some variety. The Sky Moore experiment has not worked. The Kadarius Tony is too volatile. You don't know which hands he's gonna, he's gonna bring to the football field. I think Mr. Rice and Mr. Ross should be their main two receivers. I don't know what's going on in practice. I didn't see the game against Denver, so I don't know how many reps they did get. But I think they should they they should be the answer going forward. But you do need to get you at least need to have in some type of development a new fast ball for Mr. Mahomes. Because I wouldn't be surprised if this is Kelsey's last year or next to last year. Would not be surprised at all. I, I think like, he'll be there for a while. I think he'll try. I think he'll try. I don't know how long he'll last. That's but I think he'll definitely try. But kudos to the Broncos, though. Good win. Kept your dim playoff hopes alive. Russell Wilson is playing good ball. It ain't great ball. It ain't fantastic ball. But it's good ball. 
let's get some let's give the kudos to the Denver Broncos for getting it done. Because yes, you do play an opponent twice. Um, they had to play Kansas City twice. It's hard on both ends. So I have to give kudos to the team that did get it done. I but I also fully believe Pat Mahomes gonna start another streak next year anyway. Oh, it's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be so bad. Um, so going back to the idea of the trade deadline and them not making a move, I'm not surprised they didn't make a move. I think that they're in a very weird position because they have the young talent on the team that you would want and you want to allow to develop. Sky Moore is in what, year two? Two or three. Kadarius Tony about the same. Justin Ross about the same. Rice is a baby. But unfortunately, the expectation ain't to develop. It's to be ready right now. For who? For the team. Is it? I mean, let's be, yes, because it's Super Bowl a bust. This this isn't um Miami here. If Miami makes it to the AFC title game, they've had a very, very, very successful season. There's levels to this. And so that's where I disagree with you in terms of the levels. Because at this point, it's Super Bowl or bust, but it's not like they haven't had success. So if they have a down year where they don't win the Super Bowl, but like, let's be honest about this. At this point, the, the Chiefs are six and two. They have, they are in a four way tie with Miami, Baltimore, and Jacksonville for the uh, number one seed in, in the AFC. I'm going to be honest with you, I expect them to beat the Dolphins on uh, Sunday. They will beat the Dolphins on Sunday. Okay, so that's seven and two. Week 11, they get the Eagles. I expect the Eagles to win. Where's the game? Er, it is in uh, Kansas City. It's at, it's at Arrowhead. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't put money on that game. That's a lot of games people shouldn't put money on. Yeah. But after that, they get at Raiders. Win. At Green Bay. That's another win. Home against Buffalo. They'll win that too. At the Patriots. They'll win that too. Raiders. Win. Bengals. Where? Arrowhead. How you get wait a minute, you got the Eagles, the Bills, and the Bengals at Arrowhead? Yep. What in the Alabama scheduling is this? <laughs> this is bullseye. Oh my god. How did you pull this off? Who wrote this schedule? I don't know, because it's not fair. It's not. How do you get all three of them at, at Arrowhead? And then you end the season at the Chargers. Uh, uh, I picked Pat in that, too. <laughs> so, Willie, you didn't say a loss. I know, and they, they're going to lose one. They're going to lose one somewhere down the line. So, like – I can see them losing to the Bengals. Like, but for, for the sake of the argument, for sake of argument, let's say they go, they end the in the year 13 and 4. Which is Baldic right for them. If they have to play wild card weekend, they're playing their game at home. And as the two seed, 
they're going to get one of them bottom feeding teams. So they'll probably end up playing in the divisional That's round. Hmm? It might not be a bottom feeder. At two? I'm going to explain. Like you just said, it's a four-way tie for six at six and two, right? Mm-hmm. You count the Bengals as a bottom feeder? I sure don't. If the Chargers get in, are we calling them a bottom feeder? Yes. Not. You're calling them a bottom feeder? Yes, it's the Chargers. No, the organization is a bottom feed. <laughs> not this team. Oh. Not the team. Um, if the Steelers magically find an offense, are we calling them a bottom feeder? Yes. <laughs> no. That's a Steelers fan. Yeah. No, Matt Canada is a bottom feeder. Um, not your defense. I don't see the I don't see that it being an easy game that's seven two. That's what I'm really getting at. I don't see it being an easy game. They'll win it. Yeah, they'll win it. And then in the divisional game, they'll probably get sunshine. Yeah. So like at this point, if if we believe what we think will happen in general with the way that uh the season will probably end up, we got the Ravens at 14 and 3, the Bengals at 12 and 5. The Browns at eleven and six, Chiefs at thirteen and four, Jags at twelve and five, Dolphins at twelve and five, the Bills at eleven and six, and the Browns at eleven and six. You were right. It ain't gonna be a scrub that the Chiefs would have to play. They would have to play the Bills round one. Yeah, ain't no fun. It ain't fun no more. But let's say they beat the Bills um, and Sunshine wins another game. They'll get Sunshine again. Like I thought. I remember I told you last playoffs. I said the Sunshine's next. It's going to end the same way. For the next couple years, it's going to end the same way. You did say that. So there's a chance. If the Ravens were to beat the Bengals in the divisional round, Patrick Mahomes could foreseeably play his first role playoff game this year in year six yeah and in all of this and going back to us kind of delving into super bowl or bust at this point we both believe they'll go somewhere between 12 and they'll they'll win 12 or 13 games if they don't win the super bowl it doesn't hurt them in the way that it will hurt other people and it will allow them to continue to work and develop their young talent. Because the thing about it is their young talent, they they don't they want their young talent to step up. But no one's legacy is hurt if they don't win a Super Bowl this year. Pat already got two of them things, and Pat is already a top five quarterback all time. Travis Kelsey is Considered a top 10 tight, tight end all time. Andy Reid is a top 10 coach all time. The organization will go down as one of the best organizations of all time. So do they want their young wide receivers to step up? Absolutely. If they don't and they don't make it as far, it doesn't hurt them. Um, but even in that, what was really funny, and I thought about this earlier and I stand by it. You know who they should have went and traded for and they probably could have got for a seventh round pick? Home. Someone who Willie, for the year, has 15 catches for 89 yards. 
They should have went and got Juju. The guy they let walk out the door? Yep. I mean, I don't know that they they let him walk out the door as much as he wanted the money. And you couldn't fault him for the money. No, because he has his ring now. Yeah. Juju signed a three-year, $25 million contract with $16 million guaranteed. Yep, can't blame him. You can't blame, blame either side. No, I can't blame the Chiefs for like, hey, nah, bro, we good. And I can't blame him for like, oh, y'all won't get this to me? The catch passes from a guy who won't even be here next year? Cool. So, um, yeah, I, I would have gone and gotten Juju. Y'all ain't using him. No, they're not using anybody in New England. Will it? He has four catches in the last month. No, so he's just five. running wing sprints. Five. He has five catches in the last month. Last month for a grand total of 23 yards. So my man's just running wind sprints out here and getting paid for it. Yep. Not a bad way to live. Not at all. But after we've taken this major road trip away from the trade line while kind of rut sliding back over to the trade deadline, um, oddly enough, one of the things that is really funny to me is remember how I told you I was looking at Adam Schefter's tweet about uh the trades that were made. Mm-hmm. The first tweet response is, "This seals the deal. I am no longer a Chiefs fan. Um, I officially will not be renewing my plan next year, or will I ever watch?" T- <laughs> this dude is trolling, but it was funny because he said, "I've been a fan since 1924 and a season ticket holder since 1928." So your 90 year old buddies was doing. Shut up! Shut up! You trolling? Um, but I'm pretty sure there are people who were really upset that they didn't make a bigger move. I stand by the fact that it, I think I agree with you. They should have made a different move. They should have done what they could to bring someone in. I don't know if they had the financial capacity or the pieces to move to get someone, but I do think you didn't hear any murmurs about them trying to do anything. And I think that's exactly what deal is. Exactly. I didn't even hear nothing. At least put you, – you know how, like, I've said during – right before the draft is lying season? Yes. Just put out a lie. Make people think you finna load up. They even do that. But, I mean, I guess when you got 15, you know, literally anything is possible. And what's really funny is – and I hate this about, like, power rankings. I don't know if you noticed, but I've kind of, like, pulled away from doing the power rankings because it's hard and annoying – that a team lost a game last week. And it's like, like I was, I saw Stephen A's list today, and the Chiefs weren't even in his top five. And I'm like, they're six and two. Okay. Like, you said Stephen A and football in the same sentence. Shut up. We're not going there. Um, but Shannon didn't either. Okay. <laughs> he played for the Broncos. What are we talking about? Shannon North Saturday had their uh had the Chiefs in their top five. Um Saturday also played under Peyton Manning, who played for the Broncos. I'm not saying it's just Saturday played for the Broncos because he did not, but there's three people there. There's one person don't have a clue what he's talking about. There's another person that's biased because he played for the Broncos, and there's another person who probably is just biased. All of that may be true, but like in general, the idea that the, the Chiefs 
need to fall because of a loss. I'm like, I just, I don't have any to like there, fall and that, And that's stupid because I've never, I'll be honest, I never liked power rankings because they, in my opinion, they try to include college football elements into it. And like you said, just because the Chiefs lost does not mean they're not a top five team. Look at the nuances around the loss. Like, this ain't like college football. One loss, you're almost out. And one loss, you're on life support. And two losses, you're done. In regards to the playoff. This isn't like that. The Chiefs are still a top five team. Yeah. No matter how which way you want to spin it. The only way I could condone you dropping them had they lost to the Raiders by 30. And you know how I feel about losing by 30. Yes. Yes. I and did. even then. That is based off of college football. And for our listeners who don't know, even though it's a pro, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to swing it back to the NFL. I believe if you lose about 30 at any given point in time, you should not qualify for the college football playoff. That was before they finna expand the next year to 12. We're not going to even get on the 12. But anyway. We're not. No, we're not. We're not. Yeah. So, um, moving on, uh, there were a couple of other moves over the course of the trade deadline and, like, people who were traded. Leonard Williams got moved to Seattle. I don't think that's a needle mover. Um, I do think Rasul Douglas going to Buffalo was a benefit to Buffalo. Donovan Peoples-Jones going to Detroit, okay. I think that the, it it helps them some. But I think Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Sam Laporta is all they really need. They just kind of need some ancillary pieces around those two. Willie, there was one player who got traded that, uh, yeah, I forgot that he got traded. And he's someone that I personally don't like. Chase Claypool got traded, and um, he's played two games. He has one catch in Miami for 15 yards, and that's it. You got any thoughts on Chase Claypool? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I'm basing it solely off of the production that I've seen throughout his career. I'm not talking about the man personally. I don't know the man, never will know the man, don't want to know the man. I actually hope he does well in Miami. You know, AP, how folks be like, man, if I was 6'5", I could make it to the league. Man, I could do this, this, that, and the other. Yes, yes, I do. Jake Claypool, his stat line is what it looks like if one of us was actually 6'5", and somehow found ourselves in the league. <laughs> That's who he is. Chase Claypool is the is the shining example of what one of us would probably look like if we were six five and made it into the league. Because clear, we've already shown he has no game awareness. Well, very little, I'll say that. Given what happened to y'all that Minnesota game, already proven that doesn't really know also lack of awareness doesn't know what's going on the week one film when he was with the bears this season looking lackadaisical looking lazy didn't want to block didn't really want to do anything lost is what he was that he he's the example he's that dude because there is right now i guarantee you right now there is a guy that didn't get drafted didn't get a free agent look at or none of that nature, no, no undrafted free agent, none of that. 
because he wasn't big enough, he wasn't tall enough, he wasn't strong enough. Got the game savvy, got the game knowledge, all that. But then he looks at a guy like Chase Claypool, 6'5", 230. Runs, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like a 4'5", 4'6", at worst. You got that kind of frame. The Steelers pick you. Steelers got a very, very historic track record of developing wide receivers. You don't make it there. Some now, granted, that's a red flag within itself. Uh, because I think the Steelers can develop a can of paint into a fifteen hundred yard receiver. You go to the Bears, you never had a chance. Okay, fine, fine. You go to the Bears, never had a chance. Now you're in Miami. This is it. This is it for Mister Claypool. You better look at what happened to Kelvin Benjamin. This is it for you, brother. You either get it right here with the mad scientist or. I guess be a wide receivers coach at, I don't know, Florida or something. But this is it. But he's exactly all those folks that talk about, oh, man, if I was 6'5", you know. No, that's what you'll look like. Because I, 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 I can't say nothing else. I'm done yapping about Chase Claypool. So to wrap up talking about um, trade deadline, what I want to mention is there were a few teams, three in particular, that I feel like should have been sellers at the trade deadline and just weren't. The three players that I am referring to who probably I feel like should have been traded, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, and Josh Jacobs. I say they should have been traded because in normal situations, you would look at those teams and be like, oh, you have a running back. Your running back is really, really good. You don't want to get run, rid of your really good running back. But none of those teams are looking in any way, shape, or form like they're going to be able to do anything of merit moving forward. It's at that point where, like, the um, the Giants are two and six. The Titans are three and four, but the – Raiders are three and five. The Titans are coming off a win where Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was really, really good, but it was against the Falcons. And so at this point, I when I look at the teams, I'm like, y'all aren't going to do anything. Like, it's over. Derrick Henry had 22 y- attempts for 100 yards, 101 yards. But – you're not going to be in the playoffs. You're not going to do anything. Let these players go, particularly Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, who y'all didn't want to pay them. Why are you still keeping them? What are you doing that's going to benefit them or you by keeping them? Sell high and get something to return, get a return on your investment. Because unless you franchise them both again, and if you do, I would not be surprised if either one of those guys sat out, just sat out the year. What are you doing with them? Just let it be like Elsa and let it go because you're not going anywhere. What are your thoughts, Willie? This is the part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, where AP makes my job hard. And I'm tired of my job being hard. You can't get rid of Derrick Henry. Willie, why you can't get rid of Derrick Henry? I'm glad you asked. You have to protect your investment. Will Levis, whether you like it or not, is now your starting quarterback. You can probably get away with sitting him down once when Tannehill's fully healthy, but let's be real, after that performance, after the hope 
that he gave the Titan fan base and the hope he gave the coaches moving the ball vertically down the field, they're not in no rush to bring Tannehill back. They can't bring Tannehill back. There is no way, shape, or form that they can bring Grant Tannehill back. So, knowing this, do you really expose your rookie quarterback by trading away your your biggest threat? No, you don't. You keep him, and you definitely don't trade him in conference. So, I can't blame the Titans for keeping him. I can't. You protect, and also, correct me if I'm wrong. Have they played Jacksonville yet? Nope. So in their mind, they still have a chance to win the division. They, oh. You know, that undying hope that we talk about, you know, that we can do this, you know, the stuff we talk about offline. Oh, I I believe you and I understand. I I am more saying this for the Raiders and the Giants than, oh, get to them too. than the Titans because you're right. The Titans are in a position where they are not going to, like, have success. Like, we all – we can recognize that the likelihood of them – winning the division or in any way, shape, or form, like being a playoff team is a pipe dream. Like you, they'd have to run the table and have Buffalo and Cleveland fall off a cliff. The gap is too wide at this point. It is, but if I sweep the division. Even if you sweep got, the division. you No, no, I got a chance. No, you don't. No, they think that. I didn't say they legitimately do. No, they I'm saying that. even if they, like, even if in some way, shape, or form, they were to, like, sweep the division. Let's go back and look at this. We are in week nine. So, let's say they, like, as you said, they just go on a tear. And they sweep um the Jaguars. That puts them at 10 and 7. You have a chance. You got a shot. It's a slim one, but you got a shot. That's why you don't get rid of Derrick Henry. Oh, uh, Willie. Why they won't get rid of Saquon? Like AP said, Willie, they won't trade. They don't want to pay him. You're right. But um honestly. Do you really want Daniel Jones out there by himself without Saquon Barkley? Do you really want to see what that looks like? So here's my to... here's my thought on that. This season is a wash. It's Next okay. Right. Huh? Next year, right? Exactly. But you're not going to have Saquon next year. Yes, I will, because Saquon ain't built like that. Saquon's going to fold. He was raised right. Maybe. But here's what I'm saying. That, that requires you to franchise him again. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is what you should you should have sold high, period. You two and six, there is no hope for you. Yeah, Sell high. That. Huh? We know that. Sell high and get you some pieces that will put you in a position for success. We're gonna have success when we get from underneath this contract with Daniel Jones after next season. But you won't but have Saquon at that point. Oh, yes, we will. We'll, we'll franchise Saquon again. That's three franchises. We're, They're not going to franchise him three times. No, no, no. We're going to franchise him next year. Then we're going to pay Dexter Lawrence in front of his face like we did with the other – what we did with the offensive lineman. Then we're going to get out from under Daniel Jones. But at the point – 
then we'll be able to pay Saquon. <clears throat> and you know I'm not lying, AP. I don't think that it'll work in that way. I don't think that they... It won't, but that's their best-case scenario if they plan on keeping Saquon. And I, that's the thing. I don't think that they are going to try and keep Saquon at this point. They don't I, have a choice. I think... It, if they really want to trot out Daniel Jones out there by himself with little to no pieces around him, you think Sunday was bad. Go ahead. Do it. How dare you? Oh, and then the Raiders? Willie, why they won't get rid of Josh Jacobs? They're not going to win anything. The Jimmy Garoppolo experiment hasn't worked. The Devontae Adams experiment definitely hasn't worked. Oh, I don't know who saw that coming. Man, I don't know. It was like a freight train coming. He got more targets, though. Mm, another loss. Who would have guessed that? Oh, well. Anyway, um, but the Raiders, why they won't get rid of Josh Jacobs? I don't know. I ain't got no answer for that. The Raiders are just stupid. <laughs> so, stop. Wait. There's been an update. So, like I said earlier, we, record on tu- we recorded this on Tuesday. But maybe eight hours later, the Raiders fired their head coach and the general manager and the offensive coordinator. And so we were like, hey, you know, let's hop back in and talk about this entire mess with the Raiders real quick. So, Willie, I I think we can both say that neither one of us knew the seat was hot enough for Josh McDaniels to get fired immediately. Like, we knew he probably wouldn't make it. He wouldn't be there to start next season. But I, it just came as a really big shock to me that it happened, like, at midnight on week nine. They were like, nope, you got to go. Everybody got to go. We can't do nothing else with y'all. Like, the idea that they fired not only Josh McDaniels. Like, you expect, okay, you get rid of the head coach. But the fact they fired the general manager and the offensive coordinator, like, I, it surprised me. What did you think about that? Like you said, I didn't expect this. No, general manager, head coach, and offensive coordinator. Kind of feel bad for the offensive coordinator. He's like, what did I do? But and nobody thought things would get this bad. I mean, even for the Raiders, this is this is nuclear level bad. And the Raiders have done a bunch of interesting things over the past 20 years. I think since 2000 or 2003, they have the most head coaches in NFL. And their point differential in that span is like negative 1900. And the Browns are in second place, but the Browns are down. I think they're they're only at like negative sixteen hundred. So the Raiders have been that piss poor. But even still, with all that being said, just to up week nine. Oh yeah, you guys are out of here. Pack your stuff. Let's go. Like wow, it's kind of it was still still a shocker. What they do going moving forward, I don't know. Like you said, Antonio Pierce is now their former NFL linebacker. We'll see how that goes, but history shows that he probably won't be kept either. Yeah. It the thing that really just kind of threw me off was it came out of nowhere. 
Like, yes, I I figured he would be gone. Like, it is what it is. Like, there's no no like surprising thing. But to just throw him completely, throw them both out the window. Just all right, we're done with y'all. And then on top of it, Willie, they're benching Jimmy G. Like, no, Jimmy G has not been good this year. But he ain't been bad. Like, he is not – well, he has been bad. Let's let's not say that. Um, But to go to the rookie at a point where, like, it just – even that doesn't make – nothing about this situation makes sense to me. Like, can I, you make any sense of them even doing yes. – Okay. Yes. Um, Jimmy G, you know what you have with Jimmy G. There, what, like you've – said previous times, countless times, and for our viewers that don't know, our listeners that don't know, AP has said numerous times, players do not tank. Organizations do. That being said, that the Raiders have already punted on this season. You know what you have in Jimmy G. You know what you're going to get. Might as well see what the rookie can do. And I think what made it worse was that Monday night debacle where there was multiple times Devontae Adams was wide open. I'm not going to say what Harry Douglas calls it, but he was wide open and numerous times he was missed. So I understand why you would just say, forget it. I'm good. I mean, I'm, so, if, if if it is indeed um, that they wanted to just, you know, punt on the season and go and enter the, as you call the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, going with, going with that idea makes sense. Apparently earlier today, Ian, somebody asked a Raider source why they went with um, Aiden O'Connell and the response was he's our best quarterback. I feel like that's a glaring indictment on Jimmy G and slick disrespectful like Jimmy G for being bad. You can't tell me a rookie who was drafted in what? Was he drafted? <laughs> hmm. Well, you want to know how I know he, he's a nobody? I'm listening. You have had no point mentioned him. Like, that's how you know he's a nobody? Because I've never mentioned the guy? And you don't, you at no point even know who he is. I don't. I have no idea who this guy is. Never heard of him. Yeah, the idea that Aiden O'Connell, a fourth-round pick, is better than Jimmy G. It's hard to believe. No, it, it's disrespectful. It's, it's disrespectful. One blind period. I mean, but if that's, if that's the notion around Jimmy, then, I mean, Jimmy's next best gig is probably being on a – cover of a magazine, and that's about it. Now, the problem is also, correct me if I'm wrong, Gabe, but Jimmy still has two years left on his deal. And I think he signed three for 43. Some of that nature. Do you really want me to tell you this? I'm listening. Three years, 72. Oh, it's 72. With 45 guaranteed. Oh, well, um, 
Um, you're just kind of stuck with that, Dan. And his, his dead cap after this season is after this season. If they can make it through this season, I think if they cut him next year, it's 28. Okay, uh, well, um, guess they're kind of stuck with him for a while. And his salary for 23 and 24 was guaranteed. They are going to cut him before 2024. Yes. No, he has a roster bonus for 11, $11.2 million. You have to cut him. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You you have to cut him. So, yeah, you keep him to the end of the season just in case the rookie gets hurt. And then that's about it. Yeah. But, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty much done with – I think we're done with Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFL. My question will be if – He's willing to be a backup. Would anybody pay him eight million to be a backup? Well, probably so. Probably so. I mean, you you have a situation where he you need a backup. Every team needs a backup quarterback. He can be a more than serviceable backup quarterback. Well, I said more than serviceable. I lie. Um, I don't see the point. I, I'll be honest, I don't. I don't see the point of him being in the NFL after this. From his perspective or a team's perspective? A team's perspective. I mean, let's be honest, Willie. Who would you rather have to send out there? Jimmy G or Taylor Batchett? Taylor who? Exactly. Probably Taylor. And really? I don't know who he is. The only reason why is because at least – I know for a fact I, Taylor will be cheaper and less on my books. But at this point, most people are okay with like $8 million is not that much. It is much for a guy that's not really ever going to be worth anything anymore. And sadly, um, like I said, I don't, I don't, I just don't see the point. You, you know what you're getting with this guy. You know what you're getting. Somebody that, that's eventually going to get hurt. Somebody that's going to turn over the football. Somebody that I actually said wasn't good at all, you know, a while ago when he was with the 49ers. And I I, I didn't get my credit for that, but it's okay. Will Jacoby Brissett is making eight and a half. Okay. Tyrod is making seven. Tyrod is earning his. Taylor Heineke is making 5.7. He's starting now. He is. Um, so with the idea being like, yes, it at the point that he's willing to, I could see a team trying to pick him up. But overall, there's not like I don't think either one of us could have realistically thought when we were talking about the Raiders and ha- you saying they have you have no idea why they did what they did. For them to have the game they had on Monday night, for Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams to be as frustrated as they are, I don't think either one of us actually expected, you know, their coach to be fired eight hours later. No, I don't think they expected that. No, not at all. At the same time, it's the Raiders. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. So we're going to get back into your regularly scheduled podcast. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, but yeah, that's that was I 
it's a really awkward situation. I don't think that I feel like in the way that the the Chiefs should have um been buyers, the um I understand your cap the day the day of money situation. I get that would have been astronomical and probably unheard of, but at the same time, I don't think I think the Raiders should have sold everybody. Now, granted, like I said, the dead champ money would have been astronomical. But I don't, but you should have sold everybody. I agree. Like, I don't think that, bro, they dead cap would have been 54. That's it? Yeah. Oh, that should have sold everybody. Um, But yeah, like, I think that unlike where the Chiefs should have been buyers, the Raiders, Giants, and Titans. The Titans are really weird because you're right. They came, they're coming off a win. It was a good win. They thought they were really doing something. And it didn't, they didn't go anywhere with it. So I get why they weren't sellers. But there are other like you have these two teams that should have been sellers and they weren't. And it just kind of looks bad. And so, but that is all the time we have for the All Purpose NFL podcast with AP and Trey. We appreciate all of our listeners. Thank y'all so much for listening. And as always, have a good one.